0: Are you ready? Ready to party? Oh yeah. Come on everybody, let's go to joeshrimshack.com. Yes. We're having a wood party. Everybody we're getting in Malaysian driftwood. Yes, go to joeshrimshack.com. Use promo code aquarium guys at checkout. For 15% off and free six inches of Cholo Wood for a limited time only. Disco, disco, yeah, yeah. Go on and party over to Joe's Where the real beats are.
1: Aquarium Guys Podcast with your hosts,
0: Jim Colby and it's Rob Zolson. All right, guys, welcome to the podcast. So this week, Jimmy got to pick what we're doing. So for those that don't know, I want to give you a little bit of background after we do introductions. I'm Rob Zolson. I'm Jim Colby. And I'm Adam el So to give you a little background on how this podcast works is, you know, you get to hear us giggle, you know, crack jokes, get all these wonderful guests. We are very blessed as a podcast very blessed. That we get. And, you know, it's there's a lot of background work. It's not just, you know, hour, hour and a half that we sit on here bullshitting. It's a lot of work going in through editing. That's why we have Scrap the Editor. Thanks, Scrap. Thank, Thank you, no, Scrap. No problem. <laughs> and Word. the other part of it is the amount of effort and time it is to curate the content. Like, for those that... No matter what content you do, if you're a content creator, I want right now to reach back and pat your right shoulder because you deserve a pat on the shoulder. Content creation takes so much time and effort beyond just editing. Just coming up with the material is difficult and playing phone tag with people for guests. So uh, you, you want to know what we do? It's one and a half hours a week and then you know times it by all the free time we can find to wrangle in content. So Jimmy got to pick it this week. I decided to help me out, relieve some pressure. I pulled it out of my butt, he, and it was a great topic, in my opinion. So today we're going to
2: be going over patio ponds. Oh, I was thinking it was going to be the first one I picked. Oh, licking frogs? Yeah, what frogs? I was be okay the best with part? that one. I was good with that one, you but he, Rob shot it down right away.
0: Bastards! All right, what? licking frogs. The podcast. Total licking. See, this is exactly what I'm talking about. The amount of time it takes to get stupid ideas like that, what, kept out of the podcast alone, is just all my time and effort. So excellent choice. So we're going to dive into that in a bit. But if everybody wants to join these podcasts, we've been trying to do them on Mondays. Last two weeks, Jen went in the hospital. Now, this week, my wife's car had an engine fire and blew up on high, on the highway.
2: Blew up, sir.
0: So we're doing our best to do these Mondays at 7 Central. Come join us on Discord. Go to aquariumguyspodcast.com. You can come see, listen to this live. This Is the only way you can listen to it live right now until Spotify becomes a video thing. But uh, come join us. And Adam's got his camera on, and my, might we say, he's you like, look mighty fly today. Oh, so. you look, yeah. you, you got like that, like sexy ass five o'clock shadow, like you should be in some underwear commercial. You should take your shirt off and just show us your pecs, right? And then yeah, he's got it. like sexy off shades, no. like he owns a he owns stock in Dubai or something. He, he looks like that, yeah. I go with right. That.
2: So now that we've uh, officially turned the brown guy red, uh, Jimmy, you got any news this week? You know, I am just. Uh, super stoked i've got some new koi coming on friday new koi i have some new koi coming and they're going to hand pick them and they're going to send them in for my pond and and so i'm I'm super excited about that and finally i can evict my uh four to five inch comets that were just in there as an experiment to see if they do okay and now we've got some koi coming in from ozark goldfish out of missouri they offered to go out and hand pick them for me today which they normally don't do but they said because it's for you personally we will do it and well i mean it it is the colby i mean you you give what naked man wants That's what yeah saying. exactly so uh my news is i got some new koi coming in going into my pond my pond is doing quite well I, I bought a nice filter from rob's and we did some plumbing over there and we're gonna do a little more plumbing before the fish show up the garden around the pond is doing very well and we got a couple inches of rain last night and everything's looking pretty green around here so pretty excited
0: what color are they? Are they, are they those calcoy? Like you like to uh, call like? Um... You'll have
2: to wait and see. You're not going to tell? No, I'm
0: okay, not going to tell you. you. We're going to have to have Ozark on the podcast so we can. Uh... Yes, I think we could probably talk have them, them give them. the your ordering secrets. Yeah, we actually nice. could uh,
2: talk to them. If, if you uh, you want some good quality goldfish out there, Ozark goldfish do a wonderful job. You can buy some four inch comets that are beautiful under 50 cents uh turn around and retail them for 7.99 and make a lot of money so
0: and these are uh wholesale only you have to be a pet store or wholesaler to be able to purchase from these people so if you're a pet store and looking for the best coin goldfish they gotta sponsor us first before you order so wait for that
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we ain't giving them a plug until they send us oh. money. <laughs> wonderful people great people i've been dealing with them for about 10 years all right is that for news That's all. that's all i got well, I, we, we the uh, my tropical fish hobbyist magazine that I was bragging about that Secret right. Farm sent me over the weekend. Uh, our uh, cousin's dog was over and he chewed up the whole damn thing. So now there's still no proof that it exists. Oh yeah, well, I got pictures. I showed, sent you guys pictures about uh, about that. But uh, tropical fish hobbyist magazine since 1955, I think I said or 1952 is still out there. And they're doing both saltwater and freshwater in one issue. So check it out. It comes out by monthly. Not bi-monthly, every two months. Because bi-monthly would be twice a month. So six times a year it comes out. I'm glad you're figuring this out. You know, shut the hell up.
0: <laughs> so we got
2: Where a couple the dog f- collar. Oh, damn I forgot it! The dog. See, it's been damn a t- it, Bobby. We're, we're not back on Monday, so yeah, we're we're gonna hook Rob up to a a, a dog collar and we're gonna shock him. Everything and says something nasty. I mean, normally in my life Tuesday
0: nights are for the uh, electric shock and whips, but I mean we can we can do some things. Whatever in you your my
2: life. life whatever you and your wife do up in, in circus circus over there, which they call their bedroom circus hey. circus. Hey, safe words, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> the train coming through. It,
0: it heard the safe word. That's the what safe word. All right. So we got a couple messages from fans. If you guys got questions for us or want us to read something uh, profound on the uh, podcast, what'd your mom you ask messages, podcast dot com. again, People have uh, really taken that little note of, uh, you know, that our telephone number in the bottom of the podcast is textable, and people went kind of ham with it. So people been sending me text messages left and right. So, you know, we'll uh, we'll grab a couple, but we got uh, a couple good questions. Um, what are some ways to combat high pH hard tap water for your aquarium? My local pH is eight point two at the tap. Ooh, cement!
2: Holy shit, Jimmy, Jimmy hit me. Cement.
0: Actually, that's about what my uh, pH. I'm sitting at eight two eight eight four. Hmm. It used to be nice and soft, and then I think <laughs> Jimmy's shit in the pool, and now I get nothing but crap anymore. So, so it used to be nice and soft. Now it's hard. Please cut that out. Yeah, no. Please, please cut that out. It was. It was.
2: No, true. The truth. The truth stands. To, stands tall. Is easy. So, what, what do you do about it, Jimmy? What What do you do? Yeah, I would just hook up my RO unit. I own two of them. Well, I mean, let, let's talk about the methods regardless
0: of our endorsement of those methods. So number one, right? Deal with it. My favorite. <laughs> deal with it. Shut your mouth. Quit worrying about pH so much. There's only a specific handful of species that you absolutely can't have on high pH. Right now, I'm looking at a discus that's been in my tank for quite a long time, and he's sitting at that 8.4 mark for pH when they're supposed to be at like a six flat. Right? they are, He is thriving, happy, in the tank, and uh, that's one of the more expensive, quote unquote, delicate fish that people have. So, those of you that have a uh, di- different range of pHs and it doesn't match the fish, slow acclimation. It's, it's fish can handle a wide range of conditions as long as they are not introduced abruptly, as long as it's slow, gentle acclimation. So, again, the best thing, like you said, Jimmy, is RO unit. If you got to have an RO unit in your house, you can really, uh, out that pH for you. But again, it takes a lot of water to make a gallon of r o water,
2: yeah, you know, my store likes to play with pH up and down, and I tell them to quit using that crap because it does a nice job. It will drop it or it'll raise it. But if you don't pay attention, three days later, it swings back to where it was. And it's like having somebody hold the back of your shirt collar and just kind of jerk you around every couple of days. And that's what's really stressful in fish is when this stuff swings back and forth. So, you know, it does what it says it's going to do, but it doesn't hold true unless you keep on top of it. You know,
0: what I recommend doing is if you have a way to get access to, like, maybe a reverse osmosis RO system from your local grocery store, test their pH, and buy a few gallons and do water changes. So the first water change, you have 75% soft water. Next water change, 50% soft water. Third water change, 25% soft water until you acclimate those fish into being used to your tap. Once they're on the tap, they're consistent. You can change water whenever you feel like it. you need to without any uh, cost or hesitation. And you're not, like you're saying, spending tons of money on medications that only last
2: temporarily that will oxidize out of your water. The other thing, too, with um, things like pH up and pH down and stuff, and if, if you just leave your hard water on there, hard water generally will then start staining your tanks and your tanks start looking terrible. Lies. None of my tanks are stained don't look at the one everything 10. in your
1: house is stained robs
0: yeah, yeah scott fellman told me to make that brown water so my fish go blub yeah so uh
2: ignore that one but, but when the rest you, are clear but when you get really hard water and you start you start staining on stuff uh you know it might be time to ask yourself do you want a, a water softener in your home and that will help tremendously having a water softener in your home f- for the hard water and then it's probably a little bit easier to control your ph after that otherwise there's natural ways of getting this
0: done right You can add different, uh, you know, botanicals, like we had Scott Feldman on talking about uh, different things you can put leaves, logs, stuff like that. Helps add tenants to the water and also inherently naturally does do some softening to the water. Um, Also, gravel, like instead of using a sand or gravel base, like we continue arguing about, use something more botanicalistic, such as like the volcanic ash clay. That naturally lowers pH. That's why it's used for shrimp. It's really nice. I have. Uh, nine 10 gallon tanks in a recirculating system one of those tanks has the clay bottom the cra- at cl- excuse me ash clay in the bottom and it lowered all the ph in the entire is all recirculating together so you know find natural botanicals to help stabilize i think that's a better method than anything otherwise just do your best to do slow acclimation from a, a ph get them to
2: your tap and keep it there what do you got adam you got anything on top of that
1: no, you guys kind of covered everything.
3: I had one that uh, I, was, I was down in West Virginia, not too far from Dabby recently, and uh, I stopped into a little place called Stucky's Guppies, and the guy said to use uh, clay. You said clay, volcanic ash clay. Well, he was talking about using potter's clay, and what you do is you roll little balls about pea size. About a handful of them or whatever to start with and then put them in the sun let them dry out because clay is naturally acidic and it leaches into the water brings oh, it down wow. so that's something that i'm i just i just bought a, a 25 five dollar, like big block of clay because that's all you all i could buy at like a joanne or like one of my local stores and uh so now i've got this giant block of potter's clay and i slice in bits off of it and roll little balls and just so you know, that's, that's
0: a great idea, and it probably looks cooler than hell having little like decor, you know, decor that's not going to really crap out the tank either. You, can't find that.
3: you don't have to do balls. Well, those it you're not firing them when you fire clay, they that's when they stay hard. But when you just roll them and dry them out, they actually dissolve into not really dissolve, but they break down Here's into your thought. substrate.
0: You know how kids want to get into fish. You know why don't have a more natural aquarium for your kids, and just have them you know take potter's clay and make little figurines for your aquarium. It's natural for the aquarium, lowers the pH,
3: and uh, kids get to have fun. Unless you fire it. Yeah, I mean... You can just watch the little snowmen melt. There you go, I like that. (laughs) Frosty going
2: right down the titty.
0: Frosty the clay man. Anyways, good question. Scrap, thank you for sending that in. (laughs) (laughs) Next message we got, and again, you get to curate some of these, so... Um, I got an absolutely massive long list from a gentleman named James from Daytona, Florida. James is what we call a super fan. And according to guys, absolutely love the podcast. Wish you had more episodes to listen to. I dust each episode off wanting more. Kudos to you since my attention span is that
2: of a goldfish. (laughs) What if he poops like a goldfish?
0: Right. So there's a ton of questions here and... It really came down to there's so many questions to go over. I probably just have to pick a couple. But this particular gentleman, James, in uh, Daytona, Florida, is investing in a fish store. You know, he's not scared of COVID. he's a real man, so he decided to take a good lump sum of money and start investing in some equipment, Mars units, uh, frag tables, um, overflow tables for plants, and he's planning on opening himself a fish store in the area since uh, his area cleared out due to COVID. So kudos to you, James. We wish you nothing but the best. I will continue helping you uh, try to set up that uh, store of yours. I know you have plenty of other questions. But, you know, some of his questions, uh, you know, were like, you know, what to put in sumps. So I'm going to use those as topics for uh, future podcasts. But um, if you're looking to do a store, it essentially came down to what was your, like, number one piece of advice for opening a store?
2: Don't.
1: As he did this, (laughs) exactly what I was going to (laughs) say.
0: As he did this, the uh, podcast just released of Adam talking uh, about owning a store. So uh, he instantly listened to that and then came back. But just to re clarify to answer his question, Jimmy, if you're going to give him one piece of advice, what would that be? One piece of advice? One piece?
2: Oh, let me think. You want to make your store the place that people will drive. 400 miles you want to specialize in something that nobody else in the area does well you know what i mean like we talk about our friends down at forest lake and they've got stuff there that you don't see anywhere else you know what i mean right i mean that's the destination store is what you want destination store i mean forest lake uh adam's probably how many hours away are you from forest lake we're four hours uh
1: well before i was like five but now i'm like two hours away right and oh, and
2: we man. all still we all still go down to forest lake because they've always got something really cool they, they're they the only place you're gonna go over and see that many uh different kinds of rays different sizes of rays um they're really into uh the fancy bettas now they've got all kind of, you know they've got a lot of koi angelfish a lot of orange angelfish that you don't see very often in a lot of stores and stuff and There's something new every time I go there and they do it very well. Shout out to uh, Chris and the
0: boys down at uh, Forest Like Pets. So Adam, what is your one piece of advice for this gentleman that is investing so much into a pet store?
1: Focus on quality and and build up your reputation. Because um, if you focus on quality and build up your reputation, your reputation takes years and years to build, but then it can like crap out in 30 seconds. So try to bring in the quality stuff. Bring be become a destination store, and then definitely you know st- you know have a set policy list of and trying to. I mean, there's always shades of gray with your policies, but definitely have a steadfast reputation for quality and you know that type of stuff. That's where you're going to be good. There's breeders, reptile people that I know that aren't really well known, but you know that you know, and fish people, too, and bird people, too, that I know, that you know what you're going to get. And they are, they'll are they stick by their, your word. And then there's these flash-in-the-pan guys that come in. They bring in something cool once or twice. It they, they sell it for big bucks. It dies. And then they just, oh, too bad. Deal with it. And so people don't go to them. And then they go, well, why did my store close six months later? It's stuff like that. You got to focus on – it's very – you go into it for the animals, but it actually has more to do with people than animals, if I were to say anything.
3: The, uh, one of my biggest peeves when I walk into any of these local shops, and there's only a couple I'll go to because the, the rodents and ferret. I love ferrets, my, my niece has ferrets, but they make my allergies just go crazy. And when I go into a shop and it smells dirty and it makes my allergies go all crazy, I hate it, I don't want to go back. It, if it's dirty... That's a no-go for me. But I found one spot, luckily a few blocks from me, that's really good. And, you know, keeping fish, no allergies, blah, blah, you know, you're going to have those kind of customers that are trying to keep some kind of pet that's not going to, uh, you know, agitate them. And also on the whole note of reputation, being a musician and doing my fair share of dive bars, you know, it only takes, like you said, that one place, that one time to have that thing that happens where it gets around. And no matter how many times a dive bar changes hands, it always has that reputation. And most people don't know when people are trying to make someplace better because you're always going to have either that clientele. But I know it's not necessarily a clientele on your pet shop, but I guess the same principle applies. I mean, we have,
0: I'm going to keep this uh, anonymous, but by us, we have a local pet store. I don't mean to, I don't want names when I shit on people, but when you walk in, All you smell is this overwhelming scent of piss and shit and you go in the back into the aquarium area and you get like mold smells from the water and just mismanagement and and details. And it's the worst thing. You want a person to go in, be overwhelmed with how cool this is, not, oh, yeah, that's right.
2: That's why I don't have a pet. And then they walk out. Exactly. You know, the other one thing, too, I would suggest me being the old guy on the podcast I am. I'm slowly been listening to Adam and Robbie about about doing the everything you can on the computer to let your customers know. And our, our friends over in West Fargo um, have a nice little thing on Facebook, and they let people know when they have new shrimp in. And they'll go from having a thousand dollar Saturday afternoon to having a three thousand dollar Saturday afternoon just by sending it out on Facebook. So by using these tools that are basically free, you know you'll have your base of, of your fifty customers that spend a lot of money in your store. And give them first shot. Give them a, a, an email or give them a shout-out via the internet that you've got something in new and give them first crack at it and then a couple hours later, then release it to the public. Have two different lists. But uh, take care of those people that take care of you and uh, go on and make some money.
0: So we got uh, Jimmy gave us the uh, recommendation of uh, making a destination sword. Adam said, uh, make sure you have the quality up. Scrap said, don't let it smell like piss and shit. I'm going to go, I said before that, know the amount of time it takes. You're going to have 90 plus hours individual weeks. It's too late. You've invested in it. You're going to do it. So I'm going to change mine to uh, instead keep it in your hands. Adam uh, even talked a little bit about um, not owning the location and having a rent to go up. Those are uh, things that if you have control of the assets and you know your costs, if you succeed when you're renting, they're going to raise your rent you're not succeeding they'll still raise your rent it's uh eliminate the variables as much as you can especially in a high shrink business like fish and uh that's how you'll stay successful especially in the early days
2: yeah the only thing you can control basically is your labor and uh the weather that's the only two things you can control the weather and labor so last thing before we start
0: uh, talking about patio ponds is we have a question in live from pitbulls and platy says Adam, what is your favorite brand of Kabucha, You filthy hippie!
1: <laughs> I already said it. It's Synergy.
0: Synergy? I Sy- thought that you were just talking Synergy. about some like horrible business
2: pitch.
1: No, no, no. Synergy. It's, it's Synergy. It's awful. Is it S I N like sin? I think S Y N. Oh, okay. Yeah, just like so I it's, it's good stuff.
0: Just like the marketing campaign.
1: Probably. Anywho,
0: so shout out to James. We'll hopefully see your store soon in uh, Dayton, Florida. All right. Patio ponds, Jimmy. This is this is your uh your 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 plateau here. Not my your plateau. platform. It was not my
2: soapbox. You said come up with a goddamn good idea, and, and that is a damn good idea. And you sir. didn't like licking toads, so now we're going to talk about <laughs> patio ponds.
0: I hate you that you actually did mention it because you know the amount of fans that I'm going to have texting like me
2: saying we want a toad licking episode they they will get a toad licking episode if adam and i have to do it ourselves I'm, and leave you out of it i'm telling you right
0: now that the only way we'll do a toad licking episode is if we have overwhelming response from people and otherwise
2: you, it ain't happening and you know what i'm gonna go out and buy some toads and we're gonna sit here and just get joe wiggled i'm gonna feel like it's like a joe rogan podcast like dude have you tried dmt dude Lick this toe dude, lick the toad. <laughs> just lick the toad man Lick a toad like a toad, lick a toad just do it you know what i've been fascinated by other than licking toads god you are sucked tonight look the other way don't look at me anymore just make me laugh you want to suckle on my big toad? no i don't want to that's probably probably worse than a toad god you i said toad yeah i'll give you toad oh, all right i'm man. looking away. i'm looking <laughs> away patio ponds you can do it patio ponds I think that patio ponds are something that I've been reading about for the number of years. It never did until last summer. And I thought it was cool as heck. And I, I think that people really should try these things because you can do them for next to nothing. Uh, they don't have to be fancy. They don't have to be cute, but you can have great success. And we all know that the longer you leave these fish out in the ponds, uh, when you bring them back in the fall, if you live in a climate like ours, the more beautiful these things are. One of my friends, that introduced me into patio ponds was my friend kim stokes who's over in west fargo north dakota and he has a small pond and he filled it with red sword tails and i'm just like really you keep sword tails outside he goes i kept them outside to like the first of october he said they did great and he brought them in They were three times the size of, of the the babies that he had that he kept in he was doing a science fair experiment he had he had thrown out like 30 uh, small ones out into the pond and 30 into a 55 gallon tank to see which one he could grow faster. He was feeding um, some high end fish food at 40% protein inside. And then the fish outside, he goes, I ignored. You know, they, I'd throw some flake once in a while if I went by there. He said, but I basically ignored him. And the pond got scummy and it got dark. And then it would rain and overflow a little bit. And then come fall, he's looking in this pond which he's kind of forgot about. And he said it was the most beautiful swordtails that he's ever grown up. And they were three times three times the size of the ones that he had in the house. And I, I laughed at him. But then I stopped by his house and he was right. I've never seen such deep red velvet swordtails in all my life. It was gorgeous. And that's when I got the bug. So for
0: those that are listening, let's define a patio pond. Uh, there's two different styles here so we can clear up confusion. A pond that is built into your patio underground is a pond that's in a patio. (laughs) Fair. A patio pond is something that's traditionally done. It doesn't necessarily have to be, but is done above ground. It's in some sort of large vessel. Generally, you can use, I've seen people do 55-gallon drums. I've seen people do cheap water troughs. But generally, the patio ponds, because they're already so cheap to do, are done in decorative vessels, whether it's big decorative pots, made uh, built wood frames with a uh, with a liner um they're, they're very easily done and decorative and because of the nature of the pond itself even if you're in a climate like minnesota most of the fish that we use in a lot of these uh, trades for patio ponds uh can be used outside because the heat even in the the night a patio pond due to the insulation from the pot itself keeps enough heat overnight you don't have to worry about it. So guppies, mollies, swordtails, platies are all commonly
2: used just because they can handle a bit of that dipping temperature in the nighttime. Yeah. Just, a, I mean, it's a, it's a slow dip. It's a slow rise in heat during the day, during the night. And most of these things are vessels are kept near your house. And if you've ever been out, like we've had a very hot week. If you go out at 11 o'clock at night, you can feel the heat from the sidewalk. You can feel the heat from the side of your house, just kind of, bursting out you could you could just feel it and when you have these different containers you know on your patio near your house that heat just kind of keeps these things warm till three four o'clock in the morning and then by then the sun comes up at 6 a.m starts warming it up again and so it's very easy to keep these things out there and it's very very cheap. I was just at Home Depot today I saw a container I would guess a plastic container uh heavy duty that you would use like for putting in the back of your pickup truck that you throw tools in with a lid and they were like $12 on sale. And I would guess that they hold 75 to 100 gallons. And I'm thinking, geez, I should bring that home and put it on my deck. So for those who are listening, we want to um, explain essentially how to
0: build these, which is very uh, up to interpretation. But also the climates these are, these are in. These are not limited. So if you're in the 48 states, you can have a patio pond. It's just how long do you want to keep it out? And do you want to heat it over the winter? And we'll have some insulation. So when we talk about this, there is a climate zone map. I think it's IECC, climate zone map, and everything's rated by numbers. So we're in the area that's seven. Basically, uh, God's forgotten us. And we're this blistery, horrible, you know, 40, 50 below Fahrenheit weather in Minnesota. And we're about the extreme as you get. So if we can do it, Anybody in the, of the 48 can do it. Even, I, I know some people in Alaska that do it. Um, the nights do not get down to where it's real risky in the summertime. In the spring and fall, you have to, uh, you know, watch your weather. You're going to have a frost. You might have to put a heater in it. But uh, once w- winter's done, these are already essentially potted uh, units. So you can put rollers on them, put them in your garage. Or I've seen people just convert them to indoor patio pond.
2: Yeah, bring them in your sunroom. I saw a really cool video last night on youtube that somebody had a and this was a she called it a a patio pond but it was just right off the edge of her deck and she had dug a pond and i'm guessing looking at it, it was probably about a 200 gallon pond and she had a piece a sheet of plastic over it with a heater and it was 21 below and she went out with a jar and a net and collected guppies and they were big and beautiful. And I think she said the water was 55 degrees out there and they were just fine because they had acclimated that. But because of that one particular one was in the ground, that ground really insulates very, very well. And just a small sheet of plastic over the top of it was keeping it warm enough for these guppies to survive. And it was 21 below. Let's go over what it takes to build a
0: patio pond as simple as possible. When I do this, it's a single pump, generally plumbed up to some piece of decoration, whether it's a pot or a piece of bamboo that you want to make it look like a fake spigot, just something that makes a minimalistic pouring water feature, because that's the way, again, you're going to get oxygen in the water is the movement of it hitting the surface, uh, surface of the actual container. Let's pick, uh, let's pick on something like a 55 gallon drum or a big clay pot. That's lined, having a single pump in the bottom that is something big enough where it can take little pieces of debris and flow through, but yet, uh, small enough where it's not going to make a giant shooting fountain water feature yeah, you can is, a, is what
2: you're looking for. A real small power head works well.
0: Just a small power head in the bottom, making sure it has at least a cover. So it's not going to suck up fish in there. Um, sponges on the tips work well, just covering the, the pump head. You just got to make sure to cha- clean out those sponges for a few days. Otherwise you can have no sponges at all and just have it flow. The beauty of these is because they're outside, um, you could just, Go out there every couple of days and change the water. You know, water your plants with it. Use it as a scoop, and just keep on changing the water continually. And that's what most patio ponds are: is filterless units. They have a lot of plants. They just have uh, these water motion, the water feature pouring into the jar itself, into the container for the oxygen. So there's no air pump required in case it gets um, real hot or direct sun for a, a period of time, and the oxygen dips. And that's essentially it. Besides that, you can have any substrate in the bottom to begin plants and then just do floating plants. You can do duckweed and scoop it out every now and again. And again, that's that splashing water. will keep the duckweed honest. So you won't have a real over control of duckweed. You can do, um, pond lilies. Those are easy to do in a structure, 55 gallon drum, water trough, clay pots, whatever you're looking for, water lettuce, water hyacinth, anything you want. I've even like, I've been putting spider plants in the top of my tanks. In the summertime, you know, putting out those um, dec- decorative plants, it's fantastic.
2: You know, if you if you really want to get crazy, you can just take a uh, go to your local flower store, get yourself some clay pots, and just take. You can put your anacris in a clay pot, and or or your hornwort, and that stuff will grow straight up to the top of the top of the tank or the top of the the pond, and then you'll have some places for the babies to hide. If you're doing guppies, platies, or swordtails which will then give them a place to hide and uh, will look even prettier. Even some of
0: the bulbs that don't necessarily have to have a lot of substrate, you can take the bulbs or seeds or a growing plant as is, like a water lily, and put the bulb into a bag like a cheesecloth, or I use um, gutter lining. You can get it at your Home Depot, Menards, wherever you're at. It's really cheap. You get a 100-foot roll for like 20, 30 bucks. You cut a little bit of it and essentially you just make a bag out of it. You put a rubber band around it, put some rocks in there, maybe a little bit of dirt and it's like a little bag around the bulbs that you just drop and it sinks to the bottom of the the pot.
2: Makes it uh, easy peasy. And that's the beauty of of these things is that they're, they're not a lot of work. The amount of satisfaction you're going to get from it when you go out there and you find yourself, you've got 50, 60 little baby fish, and then watching them go from zero to adulthood in two months is incredible. What what the problem is with these patio ponds is pretty soon you have one for the adults, one for the babies, and then you've got three, four, all of a sudden you got seven of them on your deck and people are going, what the hell are you doing out there? And I, I just think they say great. brewing moonshine and they have them walk away. That's right. I mean, last time again, watching on YouTube, some guy had about 40 items out there alongside of his house and he had everything from five gallon buckets, ice cream pails, big containers. Like you, I, I see them where people will buy them like a target and it's it's probably about two foot in diameter and two foot high, and it's got rope handles on it. I, I don't know what if for like for putting toys in or whatnot. And uh, he had those out there, and he had red platies in in one, he had blue platies in another, he had tails. he had all kinds of things out there. And he says at the end of the summer, he would take all these babies out, and he said, you know, you'd think he'd have a couple hundred babies. He had like nineteen hundred babies that he took to his local pet store, and he says just by having these few little things outside. It paid for his hobby for the entire year, which I thought was pretty cool.
0: All right, so we have the premise. We have essentially some sort of pot, jar, vessel, container, and that's very liberal. But let's talk about the material itself. If you're using a 55-gallon drum, a plastic, anything plastic, just make sure it's thoroughly clean. Some of those contained oil or something in the past. I don't know how you're going to get it clean enough to have a, have a tank, but there's a lot of people out there that'll go in there with a toothbrush and clean them out just make sure you're getting all the residue out of the, of a recyclable container. Otherwise anything that's, you know, pet plastic will be just fine to use. And In fact, it'll take a lot more flexibility and maybe you can leave it out empty in the winter without a whole lot of foster worry. Cattle troughs are great. Any cattle trough that you're going to buy at generation fleet supply, plastic ones, great metal. They don't really use metal, um, like galvanized toxin metal for cattle troughs because cows have to drink out of them. But, you know, check your rating. Make sure it's not something that's going to rust and leave uh, residue or, you know, some sort of like copper, iron issues for your fish. Other than that, if it's a cattle trough for uh, intended for cattle and it has some sort of rating, you should be fine. Um, decorative pots. We just talked about how clay is a wonderful material. But make sure it's maybe a, you know, concrete, something that isn't filled with uh, with chemicals. That it has uh, a bit of wear that it's not going to fall apart after a couple of years. And if, Frankly, if you're doing clay, it's probably not going to be the, the, or some clay or stone ish, probably not going to be watertight. You're probably going to want to put a liner in those. And most of these you can buy even have drop in plastic liners because they're intended to have plants in it. So you can take the liner out and either switch the plants quicker. Um, just use one of those that have a, a seal on the bottom.
3: I just, uh, installed, uh, one of these in a, one of those big Vietnamese clay pots At my mom's house, we did a little research on them. And if you go to, like, one of those big lots or ollies or someplace, a lot of times they'll have really cheap. Sometimes they're broken. you got to look at them, turn them around. But they're somewhere around $50 or less if you want a nice big one. And uh, we took some Flex Seal because Flex Seal, apparently there's some people on YouTube you can look it up or using it to uh, seal the inside of these pots because it's silicone-based. you got to plug the little bottom hole in it if you don't want to do the liner. But, um, yeah, I set one of those up, 48 bucks, and then used a, a rail planter to start making my filtration. But I guess we'll get into that in a little bit.
2: Yeah, there's yeah. A, a, a ton of things you can do. Um, our, our, once again, our friends at West Fargo uh, last year wanted a bunch of guppy grass. And we've had trouble finding guppy grass. And we finally needed to get a hold of some. And one of their customers took home... 15 or 20 five gallon white pails and put them alongside his house put guppy grass in there and each one to grow guppy grass because that's all you want to do is grow guppy grass well of course you've got all these pails full of guppy grass all of a sudden he's got a huge mosquito problem out in his yard well it makes sense because all this waters in these pails now are full of mosquito larvae so he comes into the store and says I got a mosquito larva problem and uh what should I do it so he bought some, some guppies and some platies went out there, threw in three, four in each pail. And he said, I didn't care if they lived or died because I'm, I'm trying to go guppy grass. And, and, and much to his surprise, uh, not only did he have a, a guppy grass explosion, but he also had a platy guppy problem at the end of the year because he had so many and he had no filtration in there. None, none. And he, he yeah, he came back with, you know, he had it set. So like, um, what he did with those pails he drilled the top of the pail all the way around with a really really small um, drill bit so when the water came off the roof and filled these pails up then so the pails wouldn't overflow they would drain out through these holes and the holes were so small that the baby fish didn't fall out and and the plants uh, kind of acts as a filter for it too so every time it rained he got a water change and it was one of those summers where it rained every you know, five or six days and stuff. And he he didn't lose any fish. And he came in and and sold all this guppy grass. He had, I swear, he had a half a garbage bag full of guppy grass. And it's very expensive. Buckets and buckets. And yeah, uh, yeah, did a great job that way. But then found out that he really liked keeping fish. And I know this year he's got about 40 or 50 pails out there that he's doing. And uh, the first thing he did was, uh, the mistake that he did is he put the fish in first. He didn't let it sit and get full of mosquito larvae. But um, so he did lose a few fish at the beginning because he said I wasn't feeding them. But um, you know it doesn't take long around here uh, when the water's standing still, the mosquitoes get in there and lay eggs, and once the mosquito is out there, those fish have got nothing but tons of protein to eat. So pro tip: when you're selecting your vessel, find something with a bottom
0: drain or something that you could add a bottom drain to, especially decorative. If you have some way that you can just you know maybe a attach a, um, some vessels. It's going to be on your, your deck or patio. You can put it up, pull the cork or turn on the little faucet, whatever you have for a decoration that you can use as a bottom drain and pour it into a bucket, pour it directly on your plants. It works easy for quick water changes. You want to make it easy on yourself. You don't have to because, again, you have a pump. You can just turn the pump, uh, you know, wherever you have the spigot out and use that. But it's so easy having some of those floor drains. So look what you have and see how you can incorporate either adding one or uh, see if there was one existing. Um, You also could have some seal issues. So it's pro and con do your homework on, on those, uh, those plugs. If you see one that has just like a plastic ring plug, probably not watertight, but at least, you know, maybe that's something you could seal and add something to, but floor drains in those little ponds are great. Putting a, uh, a base drain in a big pond nightmare. They, they break, they crack even uh woodstock was on told us that was not a thing to do but these jars much easier uh, pots or containers check that out
2: but you know i'd still like to back up to the idea about you saying to go in and grab the water off your pot off your uh, patio pond to water your outdoor plants i think that's a fantastic idea i hadn't even thought of that i love
0: the there's so many different ways that you see if you can just type in patio pond on google you'll see an absolute array of different pictures of people doing patio ponds. And I got to say my favorite is just that simple, you know, bamboo spigot. You can buy decorative bamboo from different craft stores. Be wary of that because it could have chemical on it. But if you get it from at least a natural place, it, you can turn those little pieces of bamboo into a fake faucet. You just put the tube from the pump through the bamboo and it trickles out the top. Well, it's not just for looks to make a little water ripple sound. You use that because you could just quickly grab a container, and that's now a faucet you fill a bucket with. It's super slick. It's useful
2: and decorative. Yeah, and there again, if you get a, a real small power head that is rated for low flow, that is just the way to go. Or lo- some of these power heads too, you can adjust adjust the flow too. So uh, a power head is meant to be out, you know, underwater, and so as long as you've got it got it plugged into a uh, the right plug in in your patio, you shouldn't have any problems. Heck yeah. Let's talk about some fish
0: species to put in the uh, patio ponds. Piranha. Piranha?
2: Big piranha. Just so you could, you know, dunk your bit- giblets in there and watch you get bit? No, Adam was tell- Adam and I had a conversation earlier on today. And I said, have you ever tried a patio pond? And he goes, no. He said, I have to worry about the kids. Well, you know what? One of the kids no. runs around with missing a finger. He'll tell the rest of the kids, they will keep their fingers out of the damn piranha. Why they name it Colby because it's gonna put its fingers in there. No, he didn't name him Colby because of that. <laughs> Adam's so quiet. Adam's angry. just laughing. So Adam, when we talked earlier, you're you're worried about the kids being in there.
1: Well, yeah, because like kids like to throw rocks in there, and I was just worried about them messing with it and putting stuff in there that they shouldn't like soap or whatever. Because kids will be kids, and I've got four of them, so that's you know that was my biggest concern and i kind of live kind of out in the country so i was worried about raccoons coming in there and messing with
2: it yeah i mean that 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 is a distinct possibility we just talked to dabney uh the other night and he lost all his koi to a family raccoon and uh, damn, he's very angry at raccoons right now so all right so let's
0: change off the beaten path instead of picking
2: fish we'll talk about protecting your your
0: patio pond your patio pond so whatever fish you have uh depending on the size of your patio pond most mostly people can see the stuff on the top they're not going to see very deep into it they're going to see the fish come up interact they're going to be a surface activity because they think they're going to get fed they're going to get trained you're going to feed them all the time they're going to eat bugs they're going to be at the surface but the moment a predator comes where are they going to go in a patio pond? So you need to make yourself cover. And the best thing for raccoons is taking an old milk crate. Milk crates are um, plastic grade. They're safe. They don't bleed or leach into the water. And they have the perfect slots to let even large-sized fish go in and out of them. I have had great luck with using milk crates. But again, you have to have a pretty large patio pond to be able to incorporate a milk crate without having it take all your space.
2: I'm just going to do what, what Dabney did. I'm going to have Dabney sit on my front porch with a shotgun. Yeah, And that'll take care of the raccoons. No, HBO will take it away. <laughs> <laughs> Too soon? So, yeah. But, you know, when Adam first said, you know, he's concerned about the kids, the first thing I thought in my head was safety because, you know, he's got one pretty young one. A small, small child can easily fall headfirst into a five-gallon pail of water and drown. <laughs> and we don't, no, serious. Isn't that true?
1: It is true. Yeah, it's not funny.
2: It's not funny at all. And and we don't want that to happen. Uh, So, I mean, you have to know the age of your children and that sort of thing, what you can do to keep them in or keep them out of the pond and stuff. So that's the first thing that came to my mind. I wasn't thinking that they're going to put Dawn soap in there, but I guess your kids are pretty freaking reckless.
1: See, I'm teaching them to kill these Japanese beetles that are around my house and eating all my plants. And so (laughs) they know to put them in the soapy water, and I'm just afraid that... They would put the soapy water in the tub and then throw the Japanese beetles in it. But the drowning thing was the other one. Cause I got yeah,
2: to- I would be very concerned about that. So I
0: feel like your situation, in particular especially because you're teaching your kids to kill beetles, it's
2: extremely unique. Well, you know, there's not a lot to do in small towns. So no. I mean, if if beetle killing's all you got going on, that's all you got going on.
1: Due to COVID, and then they literally took away the only fair that comes once a year—the watermelon fest. The kids are bored, bored, bored.
2: And, and so now you are now as as a dad, are you paying these children to kill the Japanese beetles?
1: Yes, but then they get dad tax.
2: <laughs> Let's explain to everybody what dad tax is.
1: You just take whatever you want back. That's how that works. It works for more for Halloween. You more know, Halloween. Is where you know you take like all the good candy that you want, like Snickers and sweet tarts and stuff.
3: Right. What kind mm-hmm. of authoritarian crap is this? I'm teaching
1: yeah. them about government.
3: Yeah, and, and they get to keep the
2: Mentos. Yep. You keep the Mentos and you keep the popcorn ball, and I'm taking the Snicker. Pretty much. What's wrong with the popcorn ball? That's razor blades. What? Yeah,
1: haven't you <laughs> yeah. ever heard of this?
2: Post apocalyptic utopian hell do you live in? Well, when, I used to, when I was growing up, when I was grow, back in the day, they used to give away, people would give you popcorn balls that, that were homemade, that were fantastic. And then in the bigger cities, they started putting razor blades or pins or needles in these things and yep. and uh, just being a-holes. And so you know, now you don't ever get a good popcorn ball. So if you get a popcorn ball, you you probably can figure it's just going to suck anyway. So let us kids have it.
3: Just don't accept anything that's not pre-sealed. If the seal's broken, throw it out. That's it. Pretty
1: much. Are we even going to have Halloween this year because of corona?
2: I, I just heard today um, they're talking about because of the coronavirus – that Black Friday was not going to be a thing this year because because the stores don't want crowds in their store.
3: Cyber wh- Monday is still better. Oh, Cyber Monday will be a dumb.
2: Yeah, because they, they're just going to, everybody wants to, all these big corporate leaders have gotten together on on uh, Skype or whatever they do, whatever that thing is on the big internet, and they've all decided that they don't want to, to uh, be responsible for having large crowds of people because people are so happy and they're looking for somebody to blame if they get the COVID. And so they're talking about having, you know, just online sales, which will probably kill the UPS and FedEx drivers, but, you know, we don't worry about them.
0: So going back to what species of fish you can
2: put in these. Oh, that's right. We're doing a podcast. Yeah, we are. Wow. That was a rabbit trail. Holy cow. I like guppies and I like the Dumbo guppies because when you're observing the fish from above, like a koi uh, like, like a butterfly koi with the the wider fins and stuff. They're so beautiful from above. And, and of course with the pond, your little patio pond, you're looking at all these fish from above. You're not looking from the side. And I think that's when you really can, can see some really cool looking fish is when you get into the, the Dumbo guppies, which have the large pectoral fins.
0: You're just secretly thinking that they're waving at you, so you know, that.
2: or flipping me off one of the two.
0: Well, how about this? Because there's a lot of different solutions that we're going to come up with. So let's do it in three categories. We have cold water fish, such as goldfish and koi. Uh, Fantails are a great solution because patio ponds are smaller than using koi. Koi should not be in a patio pond that's a rough size. Do your measurements, know how big your vessel is, and that koi get 30, 36, 40 inches, right? They do grow and they grow fast, not necessarily for these smaller patio ponds. So again, cold water fish. We have tropical fish, such as your guppies, your mollies, things. But these are a little bit hardier than like a discus. Discus is not going to survive through like a, you know, 65 degree night. It's just not going to happen. Not well. Not well at all. Because what was the ratio? Is the temperature, I think, gets six degrees colder than the air. So if it's 65,
2: it's like what? 59 probably.
0: Right. Guppies, you know, they they can survive a night. Again, there's insulation in the vessel itself they can make, make that through a night in the, the worst of night. Some species cannot. We have kind of like the mix between both worlds of, they don't look like the cold water fish, but they're technically cold water. They look like the tropical, like a white cloud is by far the number one best fish I can think of to put in a patio pond.
2: White clouds come in a variety of colors. And if the white clouds that we normally see are kind of a what red with some yellow. But I I think for a patio... If you want some fish you can see, go with the gold, gold ones, the gold white clouds. They're pretty and cool. they have the long fit ones too. Yes, they do. And there you can really see a beautiful fish uh, from above and they'll do very well. They can take extreme temperatures. And uh, that is a very popular fish that people use.
0: So the white clouds, why they're so good is because technically they're a cold water species. They can handle it the best, just like gold uh, goldfish can. Like a they vino. stay at a small size. And their fins, especially when they're outdoors, they like to flare a lot. And their uh, fins, their um, actually all their fins have white tips. So they interact with each other. They flare when they see you. They flare their white fins, and they're they're very beautiful. And especially when you're like you said, the gold species and long fin species look really nice. And when they're in outdoor activity versus even your tank, they are way different, uh, behaving because I don't know if it's just stress or something else but they are crazy fun as a topwater fish. So best species by far for a patio pond, white clouds. Now the tropical versus the cold water, cold water, you're essentially limited to goldfish, whether it's some sort of comet. Um, Dojo loaches work good. If you want to have giant gold penises and they're legal in your state. Excuse me? Well, you're looking at my dojo loaches. They're all cold weather species. They're, they're fantastic. Um, but know that most of these carp species, like the koi and goldfish, are not particularly fantastic at eradicating mosquito larvae in your, your patio pond. They will eat them, but they're not going to completely hunt them. They're dopey carp looking to, you know, dredge up the
3: bottom. Dopey carp. Dopey carp. I'm going to get Greg up You're for, You're forgetting the gambusia. Yeah. Yeah, what about gambusia? What about it? Gambusia. Gambusia.
2: It's another drink that Adam drinks in the morning. Gambusia. that's right
3: he teabags it is how he does it the cool thing about gambusia is they can get down to 33 degrees and survive um they're a north american fish they're live bearer um they are very they're also called mosquito fish because you were just talking about one that uh is not very voracious when it comes to eating them uh so that's the other option they're not very pretty although you can get golden ones not very
0: pretty even the golden ones are muted on top So they're, they're trying to stay away from predators is the idea, but
3: otherwise they're better at eating your uh, mosquito problem though. If you don't care about your fish, you want something that's going to eat your mosquitoes. That's the one you never Um, have to worry
2: about. My, my friends at Ozark Goldfish sell Gambusia by the thousand. And they, they are a very good price. And let's say you are living out in the country and you have yourself a pond and you've got more mosquitoes than you can throw a stick at. Um, Some people will go out and buy a 1,000 gambusia and throw it in the pond with no intention of getting them back out, Um, but it will take care of your mosquito problem, and you will have so many fish in that pond all summer long that there won't be mosquito within a a 20-mile radius of your house.
0: So there's a couple other species, especially native, the American flagfish. I like that. Killifish. I like that. Even some of uh, the decorative bait uh, minnows, like shiners, they suck. They don't look near as uh, nice from the top, but when they move, they flash and make reflections because again, they're just like a,
3: a piece of tinfoil. Got rainbow shiners. They're a little harder to get, but they're a little more pretty. What about uh, some of like the dwarf, um, like pumpkin seeds and stuff? Dwarf bluegills,
0: aren't they down in like Florida?
1: when they make it?
0: Well, especially the pygmy sunfish, but they're so dark is the problem, and seeing it from the top, so know that if you're having a patio pond, they need to look good from above. Unless you don't care about fish, pick something that is colorful. Those native species, like you said, that's the sunfish, all have that stripe to try to make themselves you know, camouflage in the water so they're harder to see.
2: You know, another thing that I've done in the past, I did uh, two years ago, I threw about 50 female betta in a 110-gallon pond that I had full of mosquito larva. And those things all came out about two months later, every one of them had the overpositor hanging out looking for a male. They looked like they all swallowed a marble. The colors were just as bright as any male out there. And I sold those things for a premium. And uh, the next year, I thought, I'm going to throw a male and a couple of females in and see what happens. And uh, we got one uh, cold snap, and I forgot them there, and, and so they didn't make it. So they don't do well in the cold, but I threw them out there like mid-June and took them out again, like, in mid-August for, like, two months, but they grew exponentially.
0: Here's a fun thing before we go on to the more species list. Jimmy has a great idea, and I think this works really well, is using rainwater from your roof. Now, some people have uh, different chemicals in the roof, but generally, if your roof isn't just brand new, those chemicals have washed off with rain and everything else. I wouldn't worry about that too much, Um, but using rainwater just going off of your duct... uh, what gutter system and having it pour into a bigger vessel works wonders. Uh, top off the, the tank if you have little rain. Um, give it a try. Certainly something to look into. But you have one that was just intended for to collect rain. It was not there for fish. It was just a utility vessel to collect rainwater. It was like a
2: small cattle trough. I'll go a 10 gallon. Yep. And you're like, I'm going to put a bait in there. Yep. And that was fantastic. There again, no. And with the bed, I wasn't worried about because... You didn't feed it. You didn't look at it. You ignored it. And
0: by the end of the summer, you had like, what is it? a Dead veil tail Beta. End of the summer, it was fat, happy,
2: beautiful. Fins were huge. Oh, yeah. They were fantastic. And the nice thing about those two is that they don't need any aeration. And so they're used to living, I don't want to say stagnant water, but um, they also can take some heat. And, of course, this black uh, rubber made 110-gallon horse trough um gets pretty hot with the water when the sun hits it it wasn't direct sun but it definitely got sun i definitely got sun yeah it worked out fine and uh this year i didn't even set it up because we put the pond outside in front i've been paying all my attention up there
0: right so certainly think about that as well but no betas are a great uh, option and then any of those like paradise fish even some gouramis that can take more uh more abuse as far as heat goes and know your area um even if you're in minnesota as long as the nights, you know, get 65 ish, even down to 60, most of these species are just fine. So, watch your climate. And as far as other fish, I throw common placos in almost all of these things. They grow three times faster, but they take a beating. I've had uh, common placo actually all the way till cold fall, and I take them out with koi.
2: Yep. And then, and they, they're pretty lethargic by then, but they, uh, you put them back into your aquarium and they slowly warm up and they do uh, do just fine so as long as everything is gradual and temperature swings which for the most part outside always is unless you get some freak storm that brings in some really cold rain and chills everything up you shouldn't have any problem
1: what about shrimp
2: that's what i want to try i have not tried it as have you guys tried it
1: i i'm learning because i've never done this before so i'm just I have, that's why I'm not saying much. I literally have never done this before. Could you put shrimp out there?
0: The only thing I've done is a mono shrimp and a mono shrimp by their nature default, take a lot more abuse than like dwarf colorful shrimp. It'd be something to try, but you know, a lot of those shrimp are so expensive unless you go to Joe and use our promo code 15% off for aquarium guys to check out. It's really expensive. <laughs> that was good. Really <laughs> expensive
2: to put those uh, shrimp in the, those containers. So, but, I mean, if you want to try it, send us a message, but look uh, at it, look at it this way. So if you've got a small container let's throw 10 blue velvet shrimp out there and see what happens. I mean, because they're going to they're gonna go voracious after all this stuff that's growing on the side of that, that little uh, container. And it's just 10 shrimp. I mean, you're not throwing out 150 shrimp out there at dollar uh, a piece or whatever you're paying for them. I mean, I would just try some red cherry shrimp maybe the first time and see where it goes from there. So I think it would be uh, a great thing to try. And you know what? I'm going to try it for the summer's over, and I'll give you a report in September. Wonderful.
0: That's good to know. We've talked about the vessel. We've talked about the fish. We haven't talked much about locations. Where are you going to put these? Patio pond. Put it on your deck. Put it on your patio. The reason those work so well, you're looking for something that's called half sun, meaning maybe it's all sun in the morning, afternoon, and takes a rest. Um, you don't want hard shade all the time because then you have a temperature issue. You're not getting enough heat to sustain the fish. You're not uh, getting a light for a lot of these hard light soaking plants. Lilies want it all day. Half the day is is about their limit. You will have some wilting problems, and when they those types of plants wilt, they shit out and leave uh, pieces all over the or all over the pond.
2: And the other thing too about having them on your patio is that you're going to be out there every day in the summer. I mean, we have dogs, so we're constantly letting the dogs outside. You're constantly out on the deck doing something. We have plants out there that are watering. And so it just becomes another item that you're kind of keeping an eye on every day. And so you'll notice uh, very quickly that when these fish start getting too cold and they they become motionless and stuff, that will probably signal for you to bring them inside and and warm them up. Uh, I'll tell you a quick little story about um, my first year that I lived over here. Uh, Rob and I are neighbors and I I live basically just kind of like a block over. And I bought... um, I put an aquarium outside thinking that would be good enough for a patio pond. It as it was just an old crappy aquarium that I had. I put it out there and um, I made the mistake. I, I used a regular air pump and an airstone, and a sponge filter. And I put my air pump underneath a clay pot and I plugged the hole of the clay pot. So uh, it wouldn't get wet. Cause my concern was when it rained on an actual air pump that it was of course going to short out. And what happened is because I had a clay pot, on top of the um on top of the i'm sorry you're
0: you're trying to keep a straight face people are messaging us on uh, discord right now
2: yeah and they're making fun of you making fun of me again and and anyway my my pump burnt out because it got too dang hot so that was a mistake i made you know cost me a 12 dollar pump or whatever but um another way that i'm doing this next time is i have a a big pump downstairs i'm just gonna run an airline through the wall and put the airline uh through the wall and leave it there permanently and uh then it just turn it off come, come winter from the inside.
0: Easy peasy. But yeah, locations we mentioned before, thinking about using uh, water gutters, but mine, is it's got to be easy. Most of these uh, ponds that you have aren't going to have filters and you're not going to want to deal with it. You're going to want to use the water changing methods. You're going to leave the bacteria in there and continually change water. You walk by, you uh, put the garden hose in the bottom and just turn it on. Let it run over either that or use that uh, spout at the bottom or if you're really smart you just give that little bamboo faucet you made you turn it to the right and it pours directly into your flowers
2: and if you're in an apartment building it goes down onto your neighbor's deck even better
0: yeah i literally had a guy that was in an apartment building he had uh, fish tanks and it's like oh dude let's do a water change and he grabs his hose and just sticks it out uh, his window and <laughs> really just dumps all over this guy's air conditioner I mean, the air conditioner takes rain, but can you imagine being that guy just sitting there eating dinner and suddenly just water explodes in your air conditioner window? <laughs> I, I'm, I talked about it. It's a rental. It's a rental. We don't care. But no, heard- keep it easy on yourself. Keep it by a garden hose. You were saying?
1: I heard of the story of a guy put a, putting a 100-gallon fish tank outside on his balcony, Ooh. and then he filled it up. And as he finished topping it off, it the supports for the balcony gave way and it took out every balcony for like five
2: <laughs> oh my god hey, we i hope nobody was downstairs barbecuing yeah no. do your weight requirements
0: do some homework on that don't take out your neighbor's patio oh my god 100
2: was it a 100 gallon tank you said
1: Like a hundred gallon tank. It was this massive tank, and there he's like, "Yeah." So my buddy was filling it on his patio, and I'm like, "Why?" Well, it wouldn't fit in his in his apartment, and I'm like, "But why was he outside with it?" And he literally goes, "Yeah," filled it to the top, and crashed down everything, took out everything below it.
3: Wait. And for those that don't understand how heavy water is, it's just over eight pounds a gallon. So what was that? A hundred gallons? That's gotta be eight hundred pounds or something like that. 800 nine hundred
2: about 900 pounds plus plus you're, you're standing there and you're 200 pounds yeah so you're looking at a thousand pounds and plus you're if, if the guy is out there standing there and he's got his barbecue grill next to his 10-speed bicycle next to his uh curtain with the dogs playing poker you know it's a lot of weight out there
3: yeah the guy's char grill has got nothing <laughs> he, you know it's done your barbecue's over fourth of july is over
1: <laughs> i love I would, it i would love to have seen the uh insurance for that one
3: uh-huh
0: stupid is what stupid does use for common time. sense when putting your,
3: <laughs> your patio <laughs> pond out there yeah yeah just know where you're putting stuff yeah you know, what know what's underneath of it if you're uh if your deck needs a couple uh couple of supports or whatever replaced or whatever it's been there for a while and it's a little got a little give in it just know what you're uh
2: yeah if you jump uh, on your deck or... and the whole house shakes you might want to reconsider <laughs> putting a pond out there.
0: now again if you're doing these patio ponds and you don't want to do plants think again like you're not going to have near the results. You're not going to have near the, um, you're near the luck, really, without plants. Because, it, it's, again, there's not a whole lot of filtration. Even if you can put filtration, it's not great in a patio pond environment. And you need cover for your fish. And you need something yeah. to combat algae. It's outside. And if you're doing it right, it's half sun. You're going to have algae. If You start right with those top water plants. You are slowing green water to ever uh, happen. You're giving your uh, fish a place to hide. There's so many reasons to just, even if you have just duckweed, just something simple, guppy grass, in your environment. But the top water plants are the best. And you know we've mentioned a couple of plants, but my favorite that I've seen people do is irises. Irises are a semi-aquatic species. No one really understands this. They I have, love that song. You know, grandma has these perennials. Like I know Let's play that right here. If you insist. And I don't want. It. No, no, <laughs> <you. laughs> sorry.
1: Please edit him out.
0: No, no, we
1: want to hear it right time. No.
0: It's going to be stuck in my head now. How dare you? Yeah. Anyways, grandma has these irises. They're perennials, but they're semi-aquatic. You can literally throw irises where there are cattails. So if you take your iris and literally put it on a little shelf, say you already had that melt crate in the bottom of your patio pond, you can literally just prop up and set and maybe bag the roots on the bottom like we explained before we did with uh, lily pads and uh, lotuses the same with that and as long as around uh 50 40 percent is exposed on top they will explode and look beautiful and bloom in your patio pond so give that a go what other plants do you
2: recommend jimmy you know anything that grows quickly like the anacris i still think uh, for the money it's cheap it's easy um but i still love the bulb plants the apon bulb plants they do well outside um i i still want to try uh the plant we always talk about the lace Lace plant. I think it would do well outside if it had direct sunlight, but I could be wrong. But um, I I just think any plant out there. Duckweed, which is nice about duckweed is when it gets to be too much, you take a handful and you throw it out in your yard. It dries up and it dies. You don't have to worry about it. But if you have a lot of goldfish, they love duckweed. They eat duckweed. Feed it to them. The one thing that I read just recently that was pretty interesting is the the one guy that I was reading up on that does a lot of these patio plants. He made a small cover for each one of his patio ponds and he had about 12 or 13 of them i think he went to like a walmart or hobby lobby and they sell these sheets of 30 oh, i can't remember it was like three millimeter thick plastic but the sheets are four foot on a roll and so you can go in there and get any length that you want and it's like about a buck a foot and i know our local walmart sells it and he made a a wooden frame and put this piece of plastic on it and made each one fit on top of the container that he had. He had all these different size containers. He did that all for about $15, $20. And he said that he got an extra 30 days outside because at night he would go out and cover them up. And it would retain the heat in so the heat didn't evaporate. And it also um, kept predators out too. And he said, you know, like some mornings he would it would be cold out and he would go to work and he would kind of check on them. And he would just leave that plastic on top and it just became a magnifying glass and the water was all heated up and nice when he got home in the afternoon. So There's another tip that I saw on the internet. The interwebs. The dark web. Well, that's the dark web?
1: That's not the dark web, Jim.
2: That's the dark web. I don't know no. what the dark web is. You guys will have to explain that That's to where somebody. you get arowana illegally. Arowana? Yeah. Really? You can only get... Was oh, oh, it uh, the
0: dragon behind the glass. Oh, that's right.
2: Wait, wait, wait. You
0: can... You can get him
1: not by going on the dark web if you know the right people.
0: If you know Adam and say, please. <laughs> yeah, he, he looks
2: like a terrorist, doesn't he?
0: And now the, the feds are at his apartment, like right now.
2: Who is it? The
0: feds. <laughs> it's the feds. We're here for Carol Bastion. I heard that she came. I'm, I'm her watching her Adam on the webcam.
2: I'm watching Adam on the web, webcam. And, and his little guy keeps poking his head in the door. And I was like, he's, he's the feds.
1: Dad, you done yet? The feds are here.
2: Yeah. Mom says, get done. We're having dinner.
0: <laughs> no, nah, I just need to know Canadians. They all have the cool arowanas. Hey.
3: A. Hey. A. I got a couple other plants for you. Do it. So there's a money wart, which comes in a couple of different varieties. You have your, uh, there's a gold and there's a green, also called Creeping Jenny. You can find Creeping Jenny at um, places like Home Depot or whatever, um, but Some of the other ones that you you can also find a person named Jenny that's creepy at those same places. She's very creepy. I'm not a smart, may not be a smart man, but I know what creeping Jenny is. But anyway. Continue. <clears throat> Life's like a ball. There's, there's that. There's another one that's really pretty. It has a purple flower on it called uh, a water hyacinth. Although with water hyacinths, you have to check your local area because um, if they don't carry it, it's probably because it's a very invasive species. If you if it gets into waterways, it can proliferate very well. Um, For those that don't know about uh, water hyacinth uh, in
0: Minnesota, we don't have to care about it because they die in the winter. But you ever watch those like National Geographic shows where hippos come out of a big lush green lake? That's water hyacinth on top. Mm -hmm. Aren't they toxic?
2: Hippos? Oh, hippos will kill you.
0: I think they're... they're (laughs) It has something to deter, but uh, hippos don't give a damn.
3: No, the cool thing about the water hyacinths, though, is they have kind of like that lily pad effect. So if you're looking to give some extra shade to your um, fish or whatever, they have the nice big flat leaf. Um, I heard that they're kind of difficult to get to blossom, but maybe, maybe not. No, not not at all. No? The more... If you have them in direct sun, they'll blossom. If you have them in
0: fifty percent sun, they will, but it'll take a little bit longer. It's not—it's not about if they will or not. It's just going to take a little bit more time. Awesome. I stand corrected. Actual bamboo. I mean, we talked about the bamboo to make a faucet, like dead bamboo, but real bamboo works great as well. Really, I did not know that. Well, you put them in the back of like hang on the back filters. Yep. Same thing for uh, you know dec- decorative pond.
3: Lilies are another one. And I heard uh, elephant ear, but though elephant ear is one I think you have to transfer, I'm not sure exactly how you would do that one.
2: I have elephant ear this year out of my garden, and it's my first year ever, and I'll I'll give you what I know about elephant ears thus far. um, Elephant ears come in a bulb that you plant, and up here in the Northland, you have to take the bulb out every year and then store it in peat moss. Yeah, we have to do that too in Ohio. And anyway... I planted five and three of mine came up. They are the most beautiful, large, you know, leafy thing that I've ever planted. But it takes um, three and a half to four weeks for it to throw roots down before it even start growing. And so uh, you have to wait till the ground is a certain temperature, then you put it in, then you wait for um, three to four weeks and then it starts coming up. And I kind of forgot about them that I planted them there I put little flags and I put mulch in and I had a three inches of mulch on top and and it, it pushed through the mulch very easily. And all of a sudden now they're shooting runners. They've only been up for about a week and a half and they're already 10, 12 inches high. And if you can put them in a, in a pond situation, I'm going to figure out how to do it. I found an article. I'll post it in the uh, live chat. That'd be cool. Cause that, I think they're the coolest plants and I'm excited about being able to... I'm one of these guys now that I'm really into plants in my yard, but I just want to put in perennials because I'm tired of buying plants every year. And again, today we bought a bunch of plants again over at Home Depot. And uh, I just think it adds so much to a water garden. It's unbelievable.
3: Now, I don't know what you guys uh, have at your Home Depot locally, but ours don't doesn't really carry a lot of aquatic plants necessarily. We have to go down to like a greenhouse. So that might be... Um... A better option because you'll find a better variety even
0: yeah. generally we sell like bulbs and it's just only like for like 30 days in the early spring before you want to and then they disappear
2: yeah i was gonna say in our local menards they sell like water lilies uh bulbs and i've had pretty poor luck with them i've tried them um people like secrets farms sell the hardy hardy water lilies a lot of the local gordon water centers will have that stuff if you go to any of your pet stores, you probably can ask them to order in these certain things because a lot of people do carry them, just so that it's very hard to display like water lilies in a pet store.
0: They have to have certain, uh, maybe like overflow tables. Maybe they already have something to hold koi they can put it on, but then it covers up their koi.
2: It's just difficult. It's just difficult. To, and, and you don't make a lot of money on water lilies and stuff, but you can pick them up for $12, $15 a piece. And uh, if you take them um, into your house, you can keep them till next year and they'll, they'll sprout up again.
0: So now let's talk about winter care. So start in the fall, leaves fall in. You're going to get debris in your patio pond, your jar. You know, try to put them away from the trees. If you can't help it, so be it. It just adds good tenants to the water. But you may clog a pump. Just keep watching for water flow. Even so, in the winter, because the colder the water gets, the more oxygen it holds. So even if the water is really not moving or not moving fast, trust me, it's going to hold oxygen. It's in the peak of the summer where... Oxygen is really going to deplete from the water in such a way that you could have a you know ninety hundred degree day, direct sun, all the oxygen will deplete, and suddenly a fish gasping. So that's almost the peak timed where you need to know that the water is moving and splashing on top of the on top of the surface. But having plants in there really uh, really fixes that. So and again, in the fall, don't worry too much about debris. Try to keep them away from leaves, and then when it gets too cold. And the definition of too cold, for those that have the guppies and the tropical varieties we talked about, you want to watch that 65, 60-ish degrees or 60, 63, I'd start considering bringing them in if it's consistent. I mean, one night, that's fine. But once it starts getting consistently cold, time to bring it in. And there's different options. You could drain your patio pond because some of these don't move. They're outdoor only. Maybe they're made of cement. Maybe you made a fixture on your, your patio. And you want to bring them in, simply bring them in and you can recreate one in your garage as long as it stays above freezing for cold water. Or if it's a heated garage, you're you're also fine because, again, you're simulating that close to 65 degrees in your air garage as well. So bring them in, recreate the container. But I recommend that if you want to give this a try, make something that can move. You know,
2: don't be afraid to put uh, what are those planters wheels that you can get? Yeah, little casters that they, they put underneath the plants. Um, in front of my garage I've got three big big planters they probably weigh about 40 pounds with dirt and plants and stuff and we've got wheels on them so like when I get done mowing I'd like to take the blower out and blow all the debris out of the driveway and stuff and they, I just slide them back and forth it works really well um, that's a great idea too uh, I'm one of these people that I'm kind of anal when it comes to I like like with planters I have two of this color I have two of this color two of that color but when if you're doing a lot of patio if you get so into this thing which a lot of people have when I look at the internet something you might want to consider is it finding the exact uh, large container that you like and buying 10 of them and make sure that they're stackable so when it comes to the fall you can take all 10 of them down, maybe keep two in your sunroom and stack them up in your in your garage they only take up two square feet put them up in the uh, up in the rack and next year you're ready to go already again. I like that idea that, that you can tear these things down. They don't take up a lot of room in your garage. And next uh, next spring, easy peasy, you pick them out, you know, plop them right where you had them before and start over again.
0: So one of the methods that I saw someone do, they did this for a pond and a uh, big pond and a patio pond, is they went to a old dairy farmer and they found ice a old milk reservoir. It's a stainless steel, you know, food grade because it held milk. And they just, essentially pop the top off. And it was just like the 50% um, container underneath. So it looked like a a half a barrel almost on a frame. And on the front, it's got a drain spot. So you can just unscrew it. So what they did is they just put their fish in there. They kept it in like a little milk uh, reservoir. I don't even know what they're called, but you get them from dairy farms, old dairy, closed down dairy farms. You can find them on auction, Craigslist, or just ask, hey, is there an old dairy farmer? And just go start talking to farmers. But these are great because, again, they're stainless. they algae will always just wipe off if you ever have an issue and they last for absolute ever and have a drain out front. So when you bring them into your garage, they fit nicely in the corner. They have a stand. You just leave a garden hose attached to that front spigot. So you can just turn it on and it goes to your floor drain. Uh, Certainly uh, look into those. That's a easy cheater way of doing it.
2: And yet the other thing I saw on, on the internet, which I thought was really cool is there were people who were friends, neighbors like Rob's and I, uh, uh, maybe the three of us should do it, you know, each get, get, uh, the same 10 fish and see who can get the most production out of the fish the most size of the fish for a summer. And just do an experiment, do a little competition with your fish friends and see who can knock it out of the park. And it gets to be a little, uh, a little bragging rights, a little rivalry going on. I think it'd be kind of fun.
1: We can do this with endlers.
2: Oh, oh my Andlers. God! Oh God! Yes, please, Endlers! Oh, Endlers. Yeah. So, no, because they're feeder guppies. Feeder guppies.
0: Acknowledge yeah. it, and then we'll do it.
2: Just do it. No, you know For Christmas, I'm getting you Adam. You know, I'm getting you Adam for Christmas. A t-shirt that says Endlers are not fish. Endlers. <laughs> no, they're not even fish. You're such a sweet.
1: That could actually go for our merchandise thing.
0: There's a there's a picture that just popped up it says Jim keep making them jokes yeah and it shows like some Egyptian um, artwork I've actually like like
1: a pyramid
2: Adam, Egypt artwork. I think I think they're making fun of Adam because he's Egyptian yeah getting beat on because he's a brown man so uh, hilarious guys but yeah what so Adam's half half Egyptian
1: half Egyptian a quarter Norwegian and a quarter Irish
2: and and, and we treat them all the same. Do we not? And yet you grew up in South America. That's kind of odd. Yeah. Yeah. You've seen America's Most Wanted. Yeah. Just there's some family episodes on there that he'll talk to you about later on after the show.
1: No, there's not.
2: <laughs> so I'm looking
0: and on this one. I guess we kind of covered all the topics. No one has any uh, messages for us in Discord, Jimmy.
2: Because nobody cares. <laughs> Everybody's
0: like, we already had Patio Pond. Leave us alone. All right. Let's go to the stuff that we don't know about, like uh, licking frogs looking for yeah,
2: exactly what's
0: in salt water in patio ponds maybe we should call matt see if he's done like a jar
2: outside that would be cool because that would be an an episode about saltwater fish i can imagine it'll part. spill out all the salt water goes over his plants and kills him either that or blue ring octopus will grab adam and drag him in and kill him one of the two
0: and that's why you let your kids kill beetles because octopus don't really work out for you.
3: <laughs> now you need a live rock. You need one of those live rocks with a bobbit worm in it.
0: Oh, not a bobbit worm. We we learned about that last.
3: You week. Guys are... go listen. Go listen to Story Time Volume One if you want to know more.
0: By the way, we're uh, we're going to be planning on Story Time Three here. Who's who's hyped? Adam's like. Whoop, whoop. Oh,
2: I don't. I don't think I have any more stories. But I I kind of like that story about the uh, the guy putting a hundred gallon tank on his patio. That's kind of funny.
0: So those are listening, if you guys have a topic or guest that wants to be on the show or you want to be on the show. Yeah, you got
2: something better than this.
0: We're very picky, all right? It doesn't sound like we're picky from our content, but we are are quite picky. You want someone that's notable or an expert, something that, as long as you have something to share that most people don't know about, that's what we're looking for. We're looking for something unique.
2: We're looking for a toad-licking expert. That's what we want.
0: We have a lot of other people lined up, but we're always scheduling out as far as we possibly can with guests. So certainly message us. I'll uh, put a form up on the dot com. You can uh, either email me, call me, message me if you want to know someone or you yourself want to be in the podcast or a sponsor for that matter. Give us a give us a ring. But
2: Jimmy, you got anything? I've got nothing. If you know, if we're not doing toad licking, that's it. I'm telling you,
0: they're they're not going to message me. I hope. Adam, how about you?
1: I'm good too. That was actually pretty good. Now I just got to wait for my kids to grow up a little bit, and I'll throw a couple of these outside
2: done like, you're gonna throw the kids outside or a couple
1: of oh, well outside? i should throw the kids outside but
0: well i'll have to do adam's endlers i guess just so we have the you know the same species we should do that. in line
2: we should do that because because dabney now has a few of, of adam's endlers down yeah dabney has got them he's got a he's got a
0: trio and he's been feeding angel fish oh. babies
2: so. no i actually <laughs> talked to him the other night and he's got endlers going pretty well he said and I, I try to. Adam's
3: oh, just hanging his head on camera right now. Yeah,
2: I was trying to explain. <laughs> I was trying to explain the damn news that that anglers aren't really fish; that they're just mosquito larvae. He had no. God.
0: All right, guys. We'll see you next week, Monday, seven central. Always join us. And uh, I don't know. I always want to just like pick on uh, the tint. You guys got to check out that podcast. You know, stay thoughtful, stay courageous, but
2: always stay wet. Stay wet. What's your catchphrase? Punch in the face? My, my catchphrase, I'm going to punch you in the throat. I haven't, I haven't thrown it out there lately because you guys have been pretty well behaved.
0: Right. You just want to electroshock me like a bunch of person is going to happen. Don't forget the shocker for next week.
2: Yes, I have got one for a large dog, which will go around his neck. All right. I'm leaving, guys. And I've got one with a small dog. the music, dog, scrap. Which you can put right around his thing. Bye.
0: Thanks, guys, for listening to the podcast. Please go to your favorite place where podcasts are found, whether it be Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever they can be found. Like, subscribe, and make sure you get push notifications directly to your phone so you don't miss great content like this.
3: I never knew that a Minnesota accent could be so sexy until I heard Adam's voice.
2: Go frack
1: yourself, don't you know? (laughs) (laughs)
2: That's my boy, don't you know?